Hey everyone, this is Todd with Paranomaly along with Courtney Lynn. And tonight we're going to be talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. So, <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking to uh, Emma Flood from Paranorthern. And they're located in Bolton, UK and in the Manchester area. Now, their group was founded in 2017. It's comprised of 18 members. They have been actively searching for answers to the paranormal activity and phenomena ever since. So, stay with us. All right. So, we have... Emma Flood with us, and uh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. Uh, Courtney, how was your day today? Oh, it was all right. It was all right? It's Monday. <laughs> all right. Emma, can you hear us? Hi. Yeah, can I hear Can you okay? Yes, everything is good to go. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you started in this? Um, I suppose from being quite young, really, uh, I've always been interested in kind of like ghosts and reading books on them. Um, and I had some experiences when I was little. Um, my mum heard me talking um, to something in my bedroom and I was talking about like old money, like old English money, like shillings and thripney bits. And I was only seven at the time. So she was like, well, you wouldn't know what that means unless you were actually talking to somebody that maybe wasn't there. Um, and then it kind of just stemmed from there, really. So probably from when I was about eight years old. So uh, tell me, like, you, you have, your team was founded in 2017, correct? Yeah. And uh, you have eight team members. Are you the owner yeah. of the team? Yeah, I found it um, in May 2017. Um, I was in a, a group, a, a previous group, but um, I just, I didn't feel like I gelled properly with that team. Um, so I just thought I'm going to set up on my own and kind of do it under my own rules because um, I'm not into like making money off this. I do it for trying to gain evidence and nothing more. Um, so I thought, right, I'm going to set up on my own. I, I worked with two two of my friends, um, and we just said, oh, should we set something up about like, on our own? So we did, and then gradually brought five extra members in. So yeah, um, it's a good team that we've got now. That's excellent. Now, how is your how is your 2022 going? Really good. So. We had um, December and January off um, because obviously people are quite busy with family things and obviously New Year's a bit hectic, everyone getting back into the swing of things. Um, so we did our first investigation of 2022 on Saturday, just gone, um, which was really interesting. Um, we've got another investigation in on the 19th of February, which is at an old barracks. Um, like a sea cadet barracks. So there was a lot of like First World War and Second World War soldiers. Um, I think the building dates back to like the 1860s. 
um, Nick Groff um, and Katrina from Paranormal Lockdown, they actually investigated there when they were over in the UK. Um, it's actually on the Paranormal Lockdown UK show, the Mill Street Barracks, um, and it's it's an, an amazing building. I've, we've investigated there before, and we had some really interesting things in the cellar. Um, it's a it's a brilliant location. Um, so we, we try to do one investigation a month, um, but we're getting more and more people contacting us, asking us to do investigations at their places. So some months there'll probably be a couple of investigations, but we don't mind. Nice. So where was you just at? Um, so we were at, um, it, well, we, we call them a tea room. Um, so basically it's like a little cafe um, and it, it it's actually in a graveyard, believe it or not. Um, so there's a, a little kind of cafe attached to like a chapel and then it's in a graveyard. Um, it was heavily used in the war. Um, I think it was also a little theatre at one point as well. Um, and there is the creepiest cellar I have ever been in, ever. <laughs> like, as soon as the door opened, I was just like, I don't want to go in there. It was as though something was just like, no, you need to stay away. It was just, I just got a very strange vibe from it. Is this the same place that you used your SLS cam? Yeah. And tell us about that. What 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 prompted you for is there is there a child there that that's you know running around? Well, we've actually been to this place um three times now and I've said um a couple of times I do feel like there is a child or children there. Um and one of my friends came with us on Saturday and she'd never been on an investigation before, but she's quite sensitive to things. And she walked in and she said, I'm getting a really, really bad headache. And I was like, right. I said, well, you know, it could be just like that you're maybe dehydrated or something like that. And then she said, she was like, I feel like there's a child in here. And I was like, that's so weird that you said that because a few of us have said that as well. Um, and the, the SLS camera was on a table and one of the guys in the group walked past, nowhere near the camera, but just walked past the camera and he was like, oh, my God. He was like, I can see a figure on the SLS camera. So we all kind of like walked around it and it stayed there for, it must have been about three or four minutes. And one of the guys in the group, he went to kind of stand in front of where the figure was. And he knelt down and he put a little toy car in his hand and he like put his hand out and this figure reached over and touched his hand because it had a car in it. I mean, I suppose you had to be there, but we were just absolutely mind blown. Now, the people in our group, we all work full time. Um, the guy who was kind of had the car in his hand, he's an ex-police officer. So, you know, he's, he's quite a logical person. You know, he, he, he doesn't jump to conclusions. And he was like... It's really odd because when I was knelt down, I felt it was ice cold. Whatever was in front of me was ice cold. So I was like, right. I said, well, bear in mind, you know, you, you kind of obviously lower and you're near the door. So there could have been a breeze. And he was like, I know. He said, but everywhere else around me was warm. 
apart from in front of me. And I was like, right, okay, that's that's a bit odd. Um, there was nothing that could have been creating the um, figure, as in like a reflection or anything like that, because it was too low down. So we are a little bit stumped as to what else it could have been. Um, but yeah, I'm, there was a lot of things happened on that night and we had to take quite a large break from the night because it, it was a little bit too much um, when we did the EVP session. Um, that was that was a little bit a bit creepy, really, to be honest. And, and how long did you investigate this place? Um, well, I think it was probably around about four hours we did, four, four and a half hours. Um, it took a while to set up because obviously we have all our like cameras and motion detectors and things like that. Um, but it normally takes about an hour to set up. So I think we were there for about four hours. Um, normally we're there longer, but um, obviously the lady that owns the cafe, she had to open up in the morning. So we didn't want to stay too late. So I think we stayed till about half one, quarter to two in the morning. Okay. So let me ask you this. What, like, what equipment does your team use the most? Um, the most, I would, I'd probably say, um, the REM pod, um, the SLS camera, um, the EVP recorders, um, and just like little trigger objects like um, cat balls, which are little balls that light up if they're touched. So we put them on the floor in an investigation room. And then because the room's dark, you'll see if they light up. They've never actually lit up yet, but they're a good object to have because they literally light up with the slightest movement. Um, and we obviously have cameras as well that we put in each room. Um, but I, I was talking to... Another investigator, funnily enough, from America, he's based in Mississippi. Um, and we, we got chatting about different techniques. And he just said to me, he was like, you don't need all of this really expensive, fancy equipment. The best equipment you can have is an EVP recorder and your eyes and your ears. Trust your own senses. And I thought, Do you know what, that's a really good point. So I mentioned this to the team. And they were all in agreement. So that's what we've done now. We've tried to kind of more focus on the EVP sessions that we do. Yeah, and and that's um, I think from looking at your your stuff that you've been doing and trying to to validate and get the answers to uh, your paranormal questions. You know, it's it's important that you use all your senses because each person's going to have a different experience, correct? Yeah, definitely. Now, you had given me a clip, uh, a few clips actually, is, and I believe it's from the, uh, the Village Green Tea Room. Is that what? Is that where we're? Yeah, that's where we were on um, on Saturday. Okay, I'm going to play that that clip, and uh, I hope that we can hear the EVPs good. Um, let me get this queued up here. All right, here we go. Yeah, like Finn talking. So you might see some um, lights dotted around the room. 
if you go to one of those, uh, you untouch it, make it light up even more, maybe even make a sound. Did anyone hear that whistling? And it, it's still playing. Right. What? Yeah, not that. No. It's really not behind me. We're going to blow the candle out just to see. We'll try, should we just try and get it as dark as we can? Mr. Matt, seriously, oh, yeah. what was that? So we're in the cell, let's do another EVP burst session. The light will go off in a second. All I can think of is Philip. Philip. Is there a Philip with us? Mean anything to you? The year 1951. Is 1951 relevant? There's anyone down here with us that wants to speak to us now? It's just the uh, three guys. down there last time I think he was attracted to Kieran because of the military connection do you remember me? you're guarding something. It's got a chill on us about. Is there something down here you don't want people to find? Or was you hiding from somebody? I 
I don't know. Like, I thought you'd gone like that, you know, but you think it's your lips. That's weird. Not me. No, Gary. That's really weird, that. So I looked at you thinking, what are you doing? Like, I thought he was doing that, All right, I think that's the end of the uh, the clips. Can you can you give us a little bit of insight of what's going on? It's very hard for for us to hear, but I'll definitely link that in to the, uh, the episode when it goes out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when we were that was that was actually in um, in the main hall. Um, part of it was in the main hall, and it was as though we heard like a voice saying no um, and then when I it's hard to remember everything that was said on that clip but I do remember that the bit where um, I said is 1951 relevant you actually hear a voice on the EVP go like say why but in like a really whispery breathy voice um, and when we heard it back when we were upstairs it was like I mean, it's so clear. I just hope that like, people will be able to hear it if, if you post it. Um, that was kind of like when we first started doing the first sessions because normally we just listen to it back off the recorder ourselves. Um, but when we when you plug it into a, a speaker, it's just so much clearer. Um, it, it just kind of blew our mind, really, which is why we want, wanted to go back and... Um, to the um, village tea room. Um, so like I said, we've been there three times. The first time is when we had the voices on the EVP. The second time, nothing really happened, but that, that can happen though. Um, and then obviously on Saturday was when the really strange things happened. Um, I think um, my, my friend Dan that's in the group, he piece it together and try to do like subtitles as to what we believe was said on the EVP. Okay. And now this, tell me how, how long is this, this, uh, what is the history of this place? That's what I was just going to ask. Is there something historical that happened there? Um, Something that drew you there? I believe it was a Sunday school. Now, a Sunday school, I don't know if you guys have that over in America or you know the terminology of it, but um, it's basically where the children go um, when church is on. Um, So the children are kept occupied and they do like arts and crafts and they do Bible reading and things like that. Um, That was a long time ago. That was probably like in the 40s, 50s. Um, I believe it was like a little theatre as well. Um, And then it was derelict for a while until a family um, bought it and turned it into a little tea room cafe. Um, And it's been in the same family for about 30, 40 years now, I believe. Very cool. So let me ask you this. What do you have planned up for 2022 uh, that's really going to 
It's really going to pop. It's going to explode. What is like, do you have anything in the works that's going to be huge? Uh, yeah. So we, we've got, um, uh, well, we've got a couple of things in the pipeline. Um, we are going to a house that dates back to the 1600s, which is based in Yorkshire. Um, some workmen, um, kind of approached us and said that they'd been doing some work on this house and some really odd things had been happening. So we've, we're going to be going there to investigate to see what's happening. Um, basically, the workmen will be like working, so they'll be on the knees and they'll be like lying, laying floor down or fixing pipes and they'll have their clothes tugged on. And it, it's getting to the point now where some of the guys are like, I don't want to go and work in there if I'm on my own. And these are grown men that are big guys and they're a bit freaked out and don't want to go in there. Um, there's another place called the Barlow Institute, which is um, a very old building. It's probably dates back to the early 1800s and it's where people used to go for to use the bath and the bathrooms, you know, when they didn't have a bathroom in the house so years and years ago. Um and it's very heavily used in the war as well, from what I can gather. Um, we are hoping to go down to London at some point this year um, to kind of like the old haunts, like Whitechapel, which is where Jack the Ripper kind of frequented. Um, and also where the Cray Twins, I don't know if you guys have heard of the Cray Twins, they're quite renowned gangsters in the 60s in the UK. Um, in London um, so we're going to go kind of where their old haunts used to be and just see if we can maybe capture anything that would be really interesting so what like do you do uh, like residential business clients as well um, we we tend to stay away from like residential homes just because I'm always a little bit cautious because you don't know what people have done in their house, whether they've been doing black magic or voodoo or anything untoward there. And then obviously something may have been conjured up possibly and that's when they're trying to get rid of anything. So I'm always a little bit cautious of doing anything like that in a home. Um, we have been to a house before, um, where their daughter, um, she, she, she doesn't speak, the daughter doesn't speak, so she's three years old, um, and she's, she doesn't speak, and I think she's slightly deaf as well. And the mum said that she reacts to things that aren't there, um, and we actually saw it with our own eyes when we were there doing the interview with her. Uh, we were still at the top of the stairs and all of a sudden the little girl just started pointing at something and was just staring at something that was not there. And I'll be honest with you, it 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 freaked me out a little bit because it was just very she she could clearly see something was there, even though there was nothing there. It was just really bizarre. Really bizarre. So I'm, I'm a little bit dubious about doing houses, if I'm honest. So we tend to stick to kind of office buildings or 
hotels or things like that. Yeah, that's there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you never know what's what's happening in someone's house, so I, I totally get yeah. it, and and I completely understand it. I, I've done hundreds of houses and businesses, and sometimes it's a little nerving going into somebody's home, not quite knowing <laughs> what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. So, if somebody wanted to. Uh, reach out to Paranorthern, would you help them? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we, we always try and help where we can. Um, like if if somebody wanted us to go and, and obviously speak to them in the first instance, then we would definitely do that. But it just depends on on what's ex- what they're experiencing. Um, but to be honest with you, we tend to get people that own businesses like hotels and pubs and things like that that contact us um, so we tend to do those kind of places really that's why the tea room actually contacted us back in um, the summer of 2020 um, but obviously the whole pandemic was at its peak and we couldn't investigate for nearly 18 months um, so that was unfortunate so they had to wait until kind of I think it might have been last year that we did our first investigation there um, we have done, actually, we have done a residential property um, and it's an old farmhouse, which is 400 years old. Um, now, we went and did like an interview first and, and I'll be honest with you, when we walked in, it was like, it's a very dark building. It's very old. It's very, very cold. Um, I mean, it's lovely. It's beautiful. Um, but... It's just got a very, very strange atmosphere. And we were in one of the bedrooms and I said to the woman, because we've been there twice, and I said to the woman the first time around that lives there now, and I said, I'm sure somebody has passed away in this bedroom. And she was like, no, no, I don't think so. I know he was poorly, but he didn't pass here. And I said, I'm convinced he did. I'm convinced he did. Anyway, when we went back the second time, she was like, I've, just, I've got something to tell you. And I was like, what? And she said, he, he did pass away in the bedroom. And I was like, right, okay. So we all decided to do um, a spirit box session. And it came up with a, a name. And that name was the actual surname of the, the old homeowner's name that had been in the family for generations. Oh, wow. So that was... That was really strange. So what we tend to do on an investigation is three or four of us will go off and investigate and then the rest of the team will watch the cameras, you know, watch the monitor with the cameras on to see kind of what we feel. And you you see one of the guys in the, in the group that I was with kind of duck as though like something was about to hit him and we're in complete darkness so we can't see anything. But the guys were saying that there was like this strange light that kind of like was coming towards us and, and towards Gary. And it was as always before it impacted, he kind of like moved, ducked out of the way. And I said to Gary, I said, was it not a bug or anything? And he was like, no, I said, I don't know what it was. He said, I just felt like I needed to move, which was, that was really odd. Um, but we'd, in that house, we'd done a bit of a seance kind of call out and 
the woman who owns the house had invited the previous owner to join in as well. But unbeknown to us, she brought two friends with her, which we weren't too happy about because we don't like a lot of people on an investigation with us. Anyway, we were doing the investigation and the REM pod kept going off when it kept saying Emma. Now, obviously, I'm Emma. And I was like, right, this is really odd because it's never happened to me before it to be a, a reading or a message for me. And then all of a sudden, I just got this image of a man in my head. And I obviously, when I get anything like that, I have to say what it is in case it means anything to anybody. And anyway, it turns out that one of the friends that was at the um, home that I didn't know was called Emma. And her friend had passed away 18 months ago. And she showed me a picture of him and it was him. Wow. And I explained what he looked like, what music he was into, um, and that he was extremely grey um, for a long period of time before he passed. And he was only in his early 40s and he, he died of cancer. And when she showed me the picture, it it really affected me because it was too accurate of how he looked. And I had to have a break. I had to like go away for like 10, 15 minutes and just gather myself because even though I enjoy doing this, when, when something is so accurate, it still shocks me and scares me a little bit because I think, where am I getting this from? Because I don't fully understand it all myself. And when I get all this information, I don't know where it comes from, which is something I do need to kind of like learn a little bit more about. But, I suppose that will come in time. Right. Well, I am completely new to all of this. Um, so just hearing all the stories just gets me kind of hyped up. <laughs> like I would love to go on an investigation um, just to feel, see, hear anything. Have you, have you ever done an investigation? I have not. Oh, you should definitely do one. Maybe do one that's a, like an organised one in the first instance. And then if it's something you enjoy and you've got any like friends that are interested in the same thing, um, maybe see about doing something together. Because right. you've got loads of places in America. There's so many places. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I guess that's one thing we have good going for us. <laughs> oh, I, I will... Well, like I said, like my, my friends that live in uh, Mississippi, they've done so many places kind of over that way. And it, it, there's, it just looks crazy. It's all the old like um, prisons and, and the hospitals and asylums. I would just absolutely love it. I would love to do the Lizzie Borden house. I would love to do Waverly Hills. Um and there is, um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. I think it's in Mississippi. Um, Natchez or Nanchez. There's an area there that's quite active. Um, I'd love to do that. Um, I think we do need a trip overseas, over to America. Um, it's just finding the money. <laughs> I completely understand. <laughs> So when, let me ask you this question, when you are doing your investigation and, and you get that chill and, you know, the hairs on your arms stand up, what, what goes through your mind right away? 
do you just get like excited all excited because you know something is is close to you yeah and i the thing i want to do most is if i can relay a message or get out what they want to say that's what i'd want that's my ultimate goal is to be able to do that but um i think i think the first thing i do is to try and compose myself because sometimes like on saturday night i was just i was on the roof because i was just like what is happening because we actually had an evp session um Basically, there'd been a murder um, not far from where we were investigating that had happened kind of maybe 15 years ago. And I didn't know anything about this, but I was getting all these kind of images in my head. And Dan, who's one of our team members, he's also our researcher. So he knew all of this, but he writes it down and he tells us afterwards. And when I was saying the things, he was looking at me going, you're exactly on the right path. Carry right. on doing what you're doing. And That's awesome. Basically, it was a very violent murder. Um, and we were doing this spirit box session and all of a sudden you hear this almighty bang, which we didn't even hear when we were actually doing the calling out. And then we heard the word murder come through on the EVP. And I just, I was absolutely gobsmacked. I could not believe it. I didn't pick it up on the first time. And it was one of the girls, she was like, I'm sure that sounded like murder. She was like, just rewind it back. We rewound it back and put it on high and it said murder. I, I, I just couldn't believe it. It was, it just, in all honesty, it made me want to, to stop the investigation because I just thought that's too close that's too coincidental so so uh let me ask this question as well because every each person does this differently too before you get to a a property that you know that you're going to a business do you do you do all the research to find out you know what where that Um, the building is sitting on no i don't um dan does who's one of our researchers um, so, so Dan's got a history history degree. He's the ex-police officer. So the deal is that he does all the research, he writes everything down, and then over the night, if there's anything that we say that rings true, he'll tell us. And then by telling us, that helps us to kind of carry on going with what we've got. Um, I, I don't like researching a place before we go because I think that it can make you think things are there that aren't right have a preconceived notion yeah so i'd rather go in kind of blindly and just kind of just get a feel for the place myself um sometimes when you go to do like a pre-interview before an investigation the people that own the place will kind of tell you a little bit about the about the building um but i do try and say some don't tell us too much you can tell us how old it is and that type of thing but try not to tell us too much um we we've we've the the places that we've done because they're that big and that active we we tend to go back to them because there's so much to investigate um 
So we're going to be going back to a police station that we um, have investigated at before. Um, and that's actually got an original courtroom and actual cells underneath. It's a really, really interesting building. Um, very, very eerie at night um, and when the lights are off. Um, we actually heard a woman's cry come from the bottom of a corridor, from the end of a corridor. Um, the only problem is because it was too far away, the EVP didn't pick it up, which is devastating. Um, but that was the first investigation there um, at that location, the first one we did there, and I couldn't believe it. And it was at 5am in the morning. We were getting ready to settle up and, and, and stop, and we just started talking out and calling out, and you heard it. And I was like, what? is going on <laughs> but I'd never heard anything like that before yeah I, I like the way that you uh, you kind of you don't do the the background check you have one person do it and that kind of validates what you're uh, whenever you're getting your your EVPs and things like that oh yeah def- I mean I just think it, it's I mean you, you get people that probably do um, research beforehand and I just think can can it be a, a true kind of investigation then because you've already got some information in your head already so I think it's better to go into it as like a blank canvas right and and that's that's true I mean if you you can if someone gives you too much information then you can you're going to work right off of that so it's it's definitely yeah. good to have like a, a clear palette if you will yeah and i think no, there's so many critics definitely. that you know it may not be believable to certain people because well how do we know when she knows the whole history and so i really i think that is a good approach yeah because then it yeah, looked, then it sounds it seems like if you know too much then people are going to be like oh well you know <laughs> yep. it's it's fake you know yeah and that's it and the paranormal field has had it's had its fair share of people mocking it and not believing it and you know it's each to their own I guess but I mean my husband he does not believe in any of this but he waited up for me on Saturday um, after the investigation just because he doesn't like going to sleep until he knows I'm home safe and I got home and I, I played him back the um, the EVP off the live that we did and he was like that said murder and I was like I know Right. And he was like, that is madness. And even he was like speechless. Um, and funnily enough, before we did, the, before I came um, to the bedroom to obviously do the podcast with you, um, we were watching telly in the living room. And our house is um, really strange how it's set up. So we've got the bedroom and bathrooms downstairs and our um, lounge, kitchen and dining room is upstairs. So we were sat watching television and I heard this noise and I looked at him and I said, what was that? He went, did you hear it? And I went, yeah. It was like, it was like somebody was walking up the stairs and I was like, that's exactly what I thought. I thought it was one of the cats, right? but they were, they were on the floor in the living room. And I was like, what, what is going on? Like my husband heard it and even he's a bit like, what was that? But we've got some, we've had some strange things happen in this house. Like the cat, go a little bit crazy on the stairs which makes sense because 
the person that lived in the house before us, he actually hung himself on the stairs. Um, and I just think that's just weird that that's where all the activity seems to be. It's very odd. Oh, well, he, someone hung themselves there, did you just say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's, it's quite sad, really, because my husband actually grew up in the house next door. So he actually knew the previous owner. Um, he knew him, um, said he was lovely, um, but things had happened in his life that he had no control over. And he just was in a, must have just been in a very, very dark place. Right, and obviously did what he did. Um, and yeah, um, nobody told us this when we bought the house which I'm a bit annoyed about because I'm pretty sure with the UK law, they are meant to tell you if anything like this has happened, um, but they didn't. Right. Um, but when I walked into the house, I didn't pick anything up on it. So that was a bit strange. Um, but when I'm in the house, I never feel like I'm on my own. I do feel like I'm being watched. It's a really strange feeling. Um, and when you're on your own, it's quite quite creepy right but just creepy not like uneasy sorry what was that i said it just creepy like a scary movie or does it make you feel uneasy um it makes me feel a little bit uneasy i I get it when i'm um like if i'm with ian and he's even if he's just in the bedroom and i'm in the living room I feel a bit, un- I just feel a bit uneasy, like, because obviously they say never do an investigation in your house, in your own house that you live in, but, so I would never do that. But part of me feels like maybe whoever it is, is wanting to possibly say something and, and speak. I don't know. Right. But I've always been told not to investigate my own house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. <laughs> End up making it worse. I know. Well, that's it. <laughs> well, I, it was awesome talking with you, and you know, I can't wait to, to follow your team and see exactly where you're going to go. And I, and I want to have you back on uh, for sure. And maybe by then you'll. Uh, you, I don't know. I I always have this thing with. With, uh, I, I want to get your exact um, what's the word I'm looking for I want to get I want to get your exact emotions and feelings and you know and the more you you do this the more I mean I could hear you when you was had that SLS cam uh, you was definitely very excited and it was it was definitely a touching moment when I was watching it because you know you definitely you, you have a lot of empathy and compassion and I could I could pick that up right away. Yeah, I think it was because it was a child, but because I perceived it to be a child, and I just the thought of the child being away from its mum or dad or on its own, it just made me feel so sad, and you know we. we we left the car that we had, like the little toy car, we left it there for whoever it was um, because it didn't feel right taking it away, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah, it does. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and it just, I just thought, oh, God, like for them to shut, 
for obviously for whoever it was to potentially show themselves, it was a big deal, and it it was for it to be to stay there so long as well. It was just it was incredible to actually be there and see it. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting video. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching that because it, it's usually like you said, it's not it's not that long that you'll come across something that interacts. It's usually pretty quick, but yours was actually quite long. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say probably about three minutes, if not a bit longer. Right. It's like it felt like it was the star of the show. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. You'll have to, you can use it if you want to put it onto your Facebook page to upload it and say this is what happened. Yeah, I'll have to share it for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to link your your group whenever I put it on YouTube. Well, uh, when we do investigations, we always go live so people can actually join in on the live. But obviously, it's a bit different our time zones to your time zone. So we, we generally do start our investigations at about 10 p.m., half nine, 10 p.m. So I'm assuming that's about four, five o'clock where you guys are. Yeah, we're five hours behind. Yeah, so it's probably about tea time for you guys. Yeah. I'm sure a lot um, of people would join yeah. on that. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, uh, your live stuff, I, I watched uh, one yesterday. It's really good. I mean, for people that don't know, what a paranormal investigation team goes through. It, it's awesome because they get to see exactly what it is you do and not the edited uh, paranormal TV show type of way. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like, obviously these paranormal shows, they're at a, at a location for maybe 24, 48 hours. And then they condense everything into a 45-minute show. So we were there for four hours. And for probably, I'd say, 45 minutes of that um, hour that we did the live, nothing happened. But for those 15 minutes that were broken up within the hour and a bit, that's when the things happened. So it's just about being patient, I guess. Oh, yes, yes. And... Like you said, you you can be there. You can be at a location for two days and only get a one minute clip of, you know, not even EVP, but you, maybe it's an orb or something. It's a, just a little bit. So people don't understand what paranormal investigators go through. They think that it's just like TV, and it's definitely not. No, definitely, I agree. But I thank you so much for being a guest on this show and telling us some of your experiences and listening to some of your EVPs. I, I'm very excited to to talk with you again next time as well. And, no, uh, definitely. Yeah. No, thank, thank you for having me. I'll definitely come back on. Just let me know when. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, like I asked you before, if somebody has a if somebody needs your help, you, you'd help them, right? So, like, if somebody has uh, paranormal activity going on um, and they need to reach out to to somebody, a credible team like yourself, um, they can do that. Yeah, for any advice. Yeah, definitely. And do you have a website or is it just Facebook? <clears throat> no, we don't have a website yet. We are thinking of putting one together. Um, but we do have our Facebook page, the Paranorman. 
um, investigations. And it's para, and then there's like a dash in there, and then it's northern, correct? Yeah. So they'll be able to find you pretty easily. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, thank you so much for for uh, being on the show, and uh, we will definitely talk to you soon. Oh, brilliant. Oh, thank you very much for having me on. It's been lovely chatting. All yes, right. Too. Thank you so much. All right. You guys take care. You as well. Bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, thank you for joining in again. That was Emma Flood with Paranorthern, located in Bolton, UK, in the Manchester area. And this team, I'm telling you, folks, you're going to have to uh, follow along with them. They are an incredible team, and they're doing great things. So thank you very much. I'm Todd Wayne, along with... Courtney Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we hope you... uh, Come back for another episode of Paranomaly.